Pitter-patter. Let's get at her. Well, Christy, how are you now? Good, and you? Not so bad. <laughs> Welcome back to episode four of A Thinking Person's Guide to Letterkenny. Today, we're going to be discussing season one, episodes one, season two, mm-hmm. episodes one and two. Correct. Yeah, so starting, well, before we get into that, though, mm. I have a number of orders of business, not the least of which is a, perhaps a bit of a recap of the first season to rem- remind everybody where we stand. But before we get to that, um, had some feedback from people noting that they can hear us drinking mm-hmm. on the, uh, hear ice clanging at le- the very least. Chris- yes. Christy doing hers now for effect. <laughs> um so, yeah, Chris, do you want to say a few things about that? Well, so we we should be honest with the fact that we are drinking during the podcast. Yeah, um, hydration's important. Yeah, stay hydrated. Get ready for that spelling bee. Mm-hmm. Uh, and tonight, we are drinking aviation gin, which is delicious. Not straight. Shout but... out to Sarah and Chase for turning us on to it. Yes. Um, and also, a nice little touch, because it's... Uh, Canadian, or at least partially Canadian-owned, with mm-hmm. Ryan Reynolds, the famous actor, um, being a, at least a part investor in it, in yeah. the project of it, and Canadian-born yeah. he is. And so yeah, it seems apropos to have a little aviation gin on a <laughs> cold March evening. Yeah. Um, still yet waiting for spring to kick in around here. Um, it's bound to happen eventually, I guess, but... Not quite yet. No, not yet. Right? Yeah. So, yeah, that uh, is worth mentioning. And, um, you know, so episode one of season two is called A Fuss at the Ag Hall. Mm-hmm. Did you notice A Fuss at dot, dot, dot becomes a common uh, yeah. title for yeah. for many episodes. And um, this one uh, kicks off in a very unique fashion. Um, in that the voiceover, or the initial introduction, usually made by Wayne, um, is is also includes Derry. They do a bit of a uh, back and forth. How would you describe that, Christy? Um, I would describe it as a celebration of alliteration. <laughs> <laughs> That's well put. Yeah. So it's all in reference to the the last scene of the previous season mm-hmm. wherein we see a um, challenger to Wayne's title as the toughest man in Letterkenny come for and um, Wayne apparently the last thing we see is Wayne getting punched. Knocked out. Yeah, knocked yeah. out. Yeah. So it's a bit of a cliffhanger from season to season. Of course we watched this all in one fell swoop so kind of lost a little bit of that effect yeah. we didn't have to wait necessarily for the for um, any resolution to that issue, but it was good nevertheless because they opened the next season with this um, rendition in reference to the previous events. And basically they take it letter by letter through the alphabet and recount the event, mm-hmm. beginning with the, the sucker punch and and all the way through um, what turns out to be Wayne's victory in the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, quite artfully done, I would say. Yeah, I think it's, as as a English teacher, it is the most amazing thing. <laughs> they tell a whole story using alliteration and doing so going through the alphabet. Mm-hmm. A through Z. 
that's uh that takes some time to write through to write Mm -hmm. and i would assume a good deal of practice because they it flies out i mean like all of their dialogue oh yeah you you definitely need the close captions on yeah for this one if you want to catch all the all the ins and outs and all the all the alliteration but yeah and they never they never show another well no they do show a couple scenes from the previous episode yeah they give you the sort of like as they are telling the story you you get the scenes of what happened with the fight well you just you see the scenes that we had previously seen you don't see anything by the way the resolution of the conflict you don't see they don't they don't recreate the fight in any way except through the words and that's i think what makes it all the more powerful is Mm -hmm. it's it's strictly a, a narrative rendition of it it's yeah it's mm-hmm. one of my favorite things they've like done on the show mm-hmm. so <laughs> yeah and totally out of the blue unexpected yeah. and um not necessarily a turn that you would anticipated based on everything that went before it so yeah. stood out all the more um for its uh effectiveness yeah i assume there's quite a bit of art that is uh that's concealed in the whole project because um getting all those words out in such a fine order is you know a quite uh, a bit of acting quite a bit of mm-hmm. uh, quite a feat just yeah. a, an ability to performance use, right? yeah yeah mm-hmm. quite a performance yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yep okay all right so that does kick it off and then uh the first scene we cut to the produce stand back there in the front of the produce stand it seemed to seem to stand out it seemed like a very artful presentation of the fruits and vegetables at the at the produce stand this time. I, I had that same observation. Oh, okay. I, I that's funny because I thought, have I just never noticed how yeah. artful they were before? But I, I don't know. I, I noticed that same. Mm-hmm. They looked a little different. Yeah. yeah. It seemed like they're up in their produce stand game. <laughs> yeah. Perhaps, but yeah. So um, first thing here at the produce stand then is Derry asking Wayne about his date last night Mm -hmm. to which Wayne replies hard no in in reference to he's not going to give up any details Mm -hmm. uh and he says I'd rather have a couple fart in my face Mm -hmm. (laughs) to which uh Derry replies what is that um which kind of surprised me because Derry is seems like the most versed in probably the minutiae of inappropriate male culture of all of them (laughs) so his 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 seeming ignorance on this topic would Stands out to me, but nevertheless, it's a plot device because mm-hmm. allows Squirrely Dan to tell him exactly what it what it is. Um, um, would you like to explain what a couple fart is? Well, I, you know, I think Squirrely Dan did it so eloquently, and he said it's you know when you fart into your hand and then release it in a person's face like a tiny bird, like a tiny and he bird. has this lovely little graceful flourish yeah. with his hand mm-hmm. as he releases the fart mm-hmm. into Derry's face. <laughs> right, and Derry leans in to, uh, to to partake of it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of a lot that's unsettling about that. But, <laughs> but uh, um, then the enemy learn from that point on that Wayne's been going on dates. Mm-hmm. He's looking for love. And he says that uh, if it was going to be a theme for like the next six weeks, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, which I assume is an allusion to the fact that the episodes are six more episodes in this. That, it, it might be. I think that's that, a pretty keen yeah. uh, observation there. Yeah. Yeah. Creating a, a, mm-hmm. a little bit of foreshadowing there, I guess. Yeah. Um, th- then uh, Stuart rolls up in his. Did you catch that? Make of that car? Just little shit. <sighs> yeah, reader. just a shit car. Yeah. yeah. A little. little 
four wheel drive domestic project of no account. Um, <laughs> um, arrives up. I would I would describe him as trying to be too cool for school. Oh yeah, definitely. Just, uh, He's got his scarf on. Mm-hmm. His and a, an infinity scarf. I yes. might add. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just a, a lot happening. Leather jacket. Uh-huh. You know. Um, so he rolls up and says a couple quips, something to the effect of same bat time, same bat channel to the shirt tuckers, as he calls mm-hmm, them. Mm-hmm. Then you see Wayne and Derry give a look at each other behind Squirrely Dan's back, and they, you can tell <laughs> that they're communicating in their own way that, well, we're not going to let this stand. We're going to we're gonna go at this boy, guns a-blazing. <laughs> um, Wayne, Wayne touches it all off by saying... I'd say give your balls a tug, but it looks like your pants are doing that for you, <laughs> which is uh, just a great solvo. You just you, that's game over already, right there. Yeah, but they don't, no that they don't stop, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Wayne then res- responds to his own initial statement, but here's a poem: Starlight, star bright. Why the fuck you got earrings on? <laughs> well, Derry got one in there. He said, "Oh, you're playing. Looks like you're playing pocket pool." Uh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess I didn't make note of that. Yeah. But that that's a, that's another one. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, Wayne says, "Then I see your muscle shirt came today. Muscles coming tomorrow." <laughs> Derry says, uh, "You get a tracking number." Wayne says, "I hope you got a tracking number." Derry says. The purchase is going to be a, be smaller than the one you're currently sporting. Uh, it's just brilliant. It's just so cup to, of fart. Yeah. Cup of fuck off. <laughs> just taking him down. Yeah. A peg. As a you know, you know Stuart's a curious character because he's already a bit of a sad sack in in many ways. He's he's um, a math addict, as we already said, mm-hmm. um, king of the dipshits, so to speak, yes, amongst the skits, yes. but. But also a uh, pretty sad sack. But he's also very confident in his own mm-hmm. self to a degree. Yeah. And he's, I mean, I I think he's a likable character. And so that's why it's like hard to see them pick on him so badly. But then also he deserves it as he like rolls up feeling, like you said, mm-hmm. like extremely confident. He has nothing to be confident about. Um, he invites it upon but himself. But he does. He yeah. invites it upon himself. Right. And, yeah. and not unlike the hockey boys as we're going to see in a moment. They, mm-hmm. they by projecting this bravado, they they really draw down the the thunder from the, call down the thunder from, yeah. the, from the Hicks. And, you know, the Hicks are predisposed to this stuff and much better at this verbal jousting yes. than the... Than anybody else, and so they, the other people, the skids or the hockey boys or whoever else it is, invariably, you know, come up on the short end in, in these encounters. So this is just another example of that. But yeah. But um, soon enough, uh, we see Katie come out, Wayne's mm-hmm. sister, and take off with Stuart. So well, obviously, they... what's interesting is that when she rolls in, she only says hi to Dan. Yeah. So she's yeah. witnessed, I assume that means she's witnessed Wayne and Daryl making fun of Stuart, oh. and she doesn't approve of it, and makes that point only by mm. negating to say hello to them. Yeah, that's a deep read. I would. I didn't pick up on that. That's what's what I appreciate about you. Is that what you appreciate about yeah. me? Yeah, okay. Yep. <laughs> uh, that's deft. That's that's a neat little touch. Yeah, there, there's probably something to that. I can't, I can't deny. And, um, the fact that I didn't pick it up is... Is a sign that I'm not in tune, is in tune with that kind of stuff, I guess. Uh, you know? The little ways women communicate. <laughs> yeah. well, boy, you should write a book. Uh, I'd, I'd buy it. 
Um, yeah, so shortly after they take off, um, the R- Riley and Jonesy roll up in their mm-hmm. Jeep, the hockey boys. Um, then um, proceeds the, the Hicks proceed to give them a raft of shit as well. Um, and you realize very quickly it's it's a direct rendition of the crap that Riley and Jonesy had given to Wayne, Wayne mm-hmm. way back in I think it was episode one of season yeah, one. Yeah, I think it was episode one. When they yeah. when they were giving him crap for the fact that his uh, heard your sweetie dumped you, mm-hmm. that whole um, rigmarole that they visited upon him, they give it the Hicks give it back to the Riley and Jones. Yeah, word for word. Because now they've been effectively dumped by Katie. Yeah, and but I and. The fact that you picked up on that was really good because I couldn't quite realize at first why Wayne and Derry were mm. were like using a like a mocking. Yeah. I did. I felt like there was something there. I knew there was something I was missing. So they're using this mocking tone. But Which is not their. Up, it's not their default right, setting. But they yeah. were clearly doing it. It was. It was a direct. It was a direct. I mean, word for word. Yeah. I, we haven't gone back and checked, but. Yeah, I heard you, sweetie, dumped you. That's a real kick in the knackers. Ooh, mm-hmm. that's a real ouchie, bud. Yeah, that, yeah, that's that. totally, that's exactly what they said. Yeah. So, yeah, that right. was good observation, babe. Oh, thanks. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So they roll out of there, do Riley and Jonesy in their fancy Jeep with mm-hmm. fingers raised, middle fingers, that is. <laughs> um, and Squirrely Dan says, well, should we go to the ag hall? Um, Wayne says, I'll bet you'll be asleep in five minutes. I bet, you, uh, bet you'll be asleep in five minutes. Bet you as many... Dollars is that. So, uh, Squirrely Dan says, no, nah, no chance because I've had my coffee. Um, <laughs> cut to scene two at the mm-hmm. Ag Hall and Squirrely Dan's snoring away. It's <laughs> <laughs> a nice little jump. Yeah, I like and it. And we get reintroduced to McMurray, who's the head of the Ag Hall. Yes. Um, and he's um, at the lectern, and the first thing you hear him say is, very productive first hour and 45 minutes of our meeting. We're on to item number 29 of 39. <laughs> to which his wife responds, no, we're only on. Still on 28. Right. It was a two-part item. Two-part item, baby. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so she's introduced for the first time. We'd heard reference to her as being um, no, no real definitive statement about what she was like, but Mm-mm. that she existed. Or yeah. Least, or yeah. That. Yep. And so he carries on a f- arguably the most mundane meeting I've probably ever witnessed oh, in yeah. person or on TV and I've I've been to quite a few meetings Ooh, mundane yeah. meetings some mundane Monday meetings mm-hmm. um yeah I I like how this scene really shows us just another peels back a little bit more of who McMurray is and then we get this peek into his what his marriage is like with Mrs. Mm-hmm. McMurray mm-hmm. and um of which we only get much ooh, much more so yeah, much more yeah so actually yeah. to the point that uh, that they've coined the frame phrase TMI to apply to that. Yes. To them. Yes, yeah. Um, somewhere down the road. Yeah. No. So, uh, McMurray is all about the rules. You learn very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just just possessed of that. And that obviously runs, in some ways, up against the, the rest of the Hicks um, standard operating procedure. Um, so they get, uh, especially Wayne, gets very frustrated with it. Yeah, he's a little bit more about efficiency. Mm-hmm. And yeah. McMurray is all about, we've got this routine, we've got right. these rules. and I mean, uh, not to really... over-cerebralize anything, but you know, it, you could, you could kind of contain a lot of Wayne's attitude, especially towards this thing in, in the phrase that we chose for the title of this podcast. 
pitter patter. Yeah, he's yeah. all about just. He yeah, is. Yeah, he yeah. he don't don't waste his time. And yep. that is what and McMurray is doing. with talking yeah. more than anything. Just get mm-hmm. after it. So yeah. he does just that at one point, jumping up and <laughs> going getting the the <laughs> excess. Uh, Hangers. Close hangers from the back <laughs> hall, put them in the front hall, which we already proposed, but wanted to, you know, have a mm-hmm. have a full on discussion of it. <laughs> yeah, he it's it's um it is maddening to watch McMurray mm-hmm. attempt to just I mean we said minutia earlier. Yeah. But holy yeah. the minutia that McMurray wants to roll through here. But they play it so well, I think, to yeah. the point of just, you know, frustrating the audience as, yes. yeah. as well as obviously anybody that's in the in the meeting yeah. itself. So yeah. They do push that. It's it's fascinating to notice as we we can't help but notice that this actor who plays McMurray is also part of the oh. cast of another show we were watching with with Jared Kiso, the the actor who plays Wayne. Mm-hmm. That same we mentioned it last yeah, mentioned episode, it last yeah, nineteen two, which is uh, um, early uh, uh, 2010s um, cop yeah. drama and set in Montreal. And McMurray, the guy who plays McMurray, plays a character in that. And they couldn't be more different. They no, were stunning, stunningly different. We just watched an episode of nineteen two yeah. last night, yeah. and seeing this and revisiting the the um, letter Kenny today with with the same guy, you couldn't virtually could not imagine. But Jess, kudos to them. It's amazing acting in that regard. It really is. No, it's and we we enjoy so much of what we enjoy about watching the two shows is the, to see just these comp the complexities of who the people are mm-hmm. and enjoying, and we said this last time too, but seeing how good of actors they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, it's just, it's really cool. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And not to belabor the point, but we saw, uh, interesting enough in 19.2, then a couple episodes ago in that was season two, I think we're in that episode. We saw yeah. the car- the the actress who plays Tannis yes. as featured in season two of 19.2. Yeah. She couldn't be more different either. She, I mean, she, in almost. fact, they, yeah, like it's almost like she's whitewashed. They, they've, yeah. they've sort of whitewashed her as a character, mm-hmm. as in she seems to be playing someone who is white or is passing as white. Mm-hmm. Um, not to get to, too deep into a conversation about race and ethnicity, but um, but her character is so different from mm. Tannis. Yeah. Um, yeah, almost the point of being unrecognizable. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it know. took us a second yeah, when yeah. we saw her. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Granted, it's 10 years earlier, but at the same time, it, it, it's a lot more than that. It's not just age. but It's not quite 10 years. It was 2014 to 2017. Was nineteen two? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So they were all they virtually overlapped. I mean Yeah, but, just about. There's just because yeah. this started. Yeah, they ran there, they abutted. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, it was just right before. Uh, I, I I thought it was earlier in the in the two thousand tens. Yeah. All right. That makes sense then. Um why this crew would kinda you know Right, they would all might just might be some overlap. Yeah. And, just, and you know, you gotta assume since Jared Kiso is is one of the producers and direct and, and driving forces behind it that, you know, connections with these actors mm-hmm. is you right know, the people you're working with you right yeah. you're like oh i really like these people mm-hmm. would you like to work on this other project right. with me yeah because he's he stated you know a little bit of literature i've read about his um you know articulating his uh, why he what drove him to produce this was mm-hmm. you know as much as anything uh his desire to have more con- creative control yeah to do stuff that he was interested in expressing and you can see where that would play into also then having people around you that you you'd worked with before and you're comfortable with and knew yeah. and people that knew the the terrain Canadian world and mm-hmm. and could help him tell these stories. So 
yeah, it's it's fun to see, and I'm sure you know it's entirely possible to see more of this rollout as we. I know. Hit, I'm so. wondering if we'll see anybody else yeah. as we continue through yeah. 19 too. Yeah, where yeah. will Glenn? Where will Glenn? Uh, oh my gosh! Then, mm -hmm. if Glenn shows up, I will be sad if he is playing any other type of character. <laughs> Other than Glenn, I, I almost guarantee it because you know he's a. I'm sure he's as good actor as, as any of them. I'm yeah? sure he is, right? but I just want more Glenn. Yeah, well, Glenn is. He's and there's no Glenn in this episode though. No, so I say, yeah, mm. right? Yeah, no Tammy either. No, but it just makes you want it more. I yeah. think that's some. That's also a power in that is like distributing yeah. people and these characters over over um, the full array of a season or multiple seasons makes them all the more you know. Uh, compelling, I guess. You yeah. want, you want. Yeah, you want more. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. So, getting back to the whole flow of the episode. Yeah. Right. So, mm -hmm. go to uh, scene three. We're outside the ag hall, mm -hmm. and Wayne and Darian escorted in are leaving the meeting and grab a dart on their way out. And they encounter <laughs> um, Dickens. First time we see him as a speaking character. He was in the meeting earlier, and he's this tall, drink of water, dressed. Dress <laughs> Dressed Western with a with a Western shirt and a and a cowboy hat, right? He is a tall drink of water. Yeah, he's so tall, and they make it clear how tall he is. Oh yeah, they, they pull the camera back to mm -hmm. show that he's much taller than and Wayne. All the characters Wayne, looking. Yeah, and they all yeah. look up at him. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's it's good camera work. Yeah. Yeah, he's got to be yeah. six and a half, you know, foot tall, I'd guess. But, um, and he, uh, we we learn is an auctioneer. Oh, uh, Lucy. Yeah, and. Yeah. You learn this in to good comedic effect mm -hmm. because he pretty much um, auctioneers every inter <laughs> encounter he has. Everything now, and he he remains a staple, mm -hmm. another irregular staple of the yeah. of the subsequent seasons. Um, and he puts to the boys, specifically Wayne, that if there's too much. Uh, shenanigans going on these means were running too long yeah he can't take it either he's tired and, yeah. and 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 wayne puts him off a bit to try to you know keep the peace or i guess he, he says words the effect of uh yeah the means run a sea hair too long but uh well you know <laughs> not really um and you know too bothered i guess wayne even though he is bothered um do you know what that's that term sea hair refers to i assume it's like a cock hair or a it's the other one yeah yeah they're using the other c word yeah. for the lady parts yeah yeah okay. yeah, yeah i yeah. didn't know if you knew that if that was yeah if that had escaped let's your just call purview. it a cock hair now yeah we can do that yeah. yeah no it it's 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 a i wouldn't say it's a staple but it's it's not an uncommon reference you get in in some versions of male culture and and uh but they they sugarcoated a bit you know yeah tried, because they don't say so they, the actual word. yeah they yeah. nod towards it but yeah. they're they're also trying to not not i guess differentiate themselves a little bit so they um wayne and the other boys um sort of put um dickens off saying they would be a bit too shakespearean to try to mm -hmm. usurp their power yeah. from mcmurray <laughs> yeah even if they're not entirely down with what he's mm -hmm. all about in meaning just the length of his meetings i think he's not they don't have any real animosity towards him he's not he's not that type of character he's no he, no real malice in his nah, game he's just he's, fine. yeah yeah just, uh, yeah just a very unique human being in some regards um so Scene four cuts to the hockey arena. Mm. Yeah. Um, and we learn at this point that Riley and Jonesy have been cut in their overage year from their mm. junior hockey team, the yeah. the local, local the letter Kenny Shamrocks. Now, yes. you know, 
one thing that maybe escaped our discussion earlier, and it's just a minor point, but I thought I'd mention it nevertheless, is so Letterkenny is named for uh, for a place in Ireland mm-hmm, mm-hmm. with a lot of Irish immigrants that had come yeah. to this part of of Ontario back in, in the in the frontier era, and so so much of their their culture, their cultural references yeah. are back to that heritage. Yeah, a lot so, of Irish references. Right. So the junior hockey team is the Shamrocks. The mm-hmm. senior hockey team is called the Irish. Mm-hmm. So what we see is is Riley and Jonesy are making the transition from being part of the junior team, and mm-hmm. they say no victory lap for the Shammies because they got cut in their <laughs> overage year. They could have stayed for another year, right. but now they're they're going to play with the senior team, which is uh, called the Irish. Um, they also learned definitively, right, that they're they're pretty sad that um, Katie has. Katie Cat has has left them. Moved on yeah. from them, right? So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but and then we get one. Uh, well, not one last, but another, another <laughs> opportunity Shorzy. to hear Shorzy say, "Give your balls a tug, you tit fuckers," <laughs> and that sends them off in essence because they basically are like, "Well, we're not going to miss that guy." Right. We're, uh, yeah, we're he's miss, not playing with us. Yeah, so we're not moving Always on. Always a silver lining, buddy. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what they say, right? Yeah. So that's that's fun. <laughs> Uh, they also uh, give one of their mantras that you hear repeated down the road too, a hockey expression, I'm mm-hmm. confident. Four check, back check, paycheck, bro. <laughs> so they go into the locker room, mm-hmm. uh, letter Kenny Irish, and all they see is a bunch of grown men just doing <laughs> random random leg exercises all, all around the gym. All legs. Right? <laughs> And we already learned that that's Riley and Jonesy's, you know, bane of their existence yes. is, is leg work. They always skip leg. They're not excited at all yeah. to see this because this is probably their own personal hell. Yes. Right. In so many ways, because they're partially they're because they're still boys and they're these are all men and yes. and and they're doing legs, which is not something they're entirely cool with. So, yeah. but that that evolves more as the episode goes on. Yes, it does. But then we cut back to the farm. Mm-hmm. We're on the deck um, with. Um, Wayne Derry and Squirrely Dan all sitting out having a dart and uh, on a seems like a kind of cold and rainy, uh, cold and windy day. But mm-hmm. nevertheless, Katie rolls up and asks Wayne where Stormy is, and that's apparently <laughs> the German Shepherd yeah, that we see is one of the icons mm-hmm. of, the, of the show. Yeah, image of which Stormy. is burned into the wood at the initial mm-hmm. yeah. one of the, the initial parts of the, every episode. And Wayne tells her, yeah, that she's locked up. She can't be let out because she keeps trying to kill her stud. Mm-hmm. Um, to which Katie replies... That's my girl. <laughs> I know you like that line. <laughs> and Katie... She's a man-eater. Yeah, Katie returns that. Uh, not, not infrequently in the rest mm-hmm. of it. Um, they they go back and forth talking about where they can get a where they could get a another um, stud for for the dog. If not, um, we also learn that Gail apparently mm-hmm. has a dog breedership or, yeah, so or something like that. It right? took us Can't a second to, to put that together. Well, a second viewing actually. So, cause they, they, uh, Daryl says, why don't you head over to Gail's bed and biscuits? So she <laughs> must have a kennel. And this makes sense because later Gail mm. is trying to bring studs for Stormy yeah. and that's like a whole other episode. She and, must probably yeah, some so broker she, service or something yeah, like that. Yeah. So she and, clearly has, yeah. it's, you know, boarding and, you know, kennel, yeah. breeding, I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, but we learned that. And then also, very quickly, they mentioned that Modines had burned down. Yeah, in the interim. Since yeah. Between season one and season two, yeah. Modines had burned down. And 
and they're bemoaning it because there's no apparently no other bar no, in Letterkenny. There's no other bar in Letterkenny. <laughs> it's a town of five thousand. It's easy to imagine that would be. The yeah. Only, there might only be, mm-hmm, be one. Just the one. Right. Yeah. Probably, you know, if unless I miss my guess, there's probably a pizzeria you can get some beer in and stuff, but yeah. that's not the same as a bar. No, it's not. You know, and telling that small probably doesn't even have a hotel bar. You know, it probably didn't have a hotel. I don't think they have a hotel. A motel out on the interstate. But <laughs> do they have interstates in Canada? They're big trans. Yeah, we've been they, on they have, yeah. trans continental highways and stuff, mm-hmm. right? So, from that scene, then we go to Stuart's mom's basement. Yes. Yes. Um, we see the skids playing um, video games, mm-hmm. and Katie and Stuart roll in. Um, Katie tries to break the ice by asking Roll what's the name of his bong, to which he immediately responds, Samwise Ganja, which is really funny uh, when you realize that these are geeks on so many levels. They're stoner geeks, they're meth heads, and he's named his bong after a, a character from J.R.R. Tolkien's Yes. <laughs> series of The Hobbit. and, and Yeah. <laughs> uh, he goes on to say other names, um, which is kind of actually an interesting thing because you have, that reoccurs as part of this, of the series of things that have been named things that have been named new things. Yeah. Re- renaming of things. I'm, I'm trying to remember exactly examples of that, but it seems like that reoccurs no, going you're forward. Right. That's, right? A, that's a theme that right? we see. I mean... Just in in Skidland, mm-hmm. we know that Stuart has his other DJ names, right? Yeah. AKA, AKA. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Names. Pow, white Power Bottom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Though we love so much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah. you're right. There's been there have been other. Yeah, and it seems like they We're occur more. That. Yeah, going yeah. forward. Yeah, as we re- we'll have to return to that. Yeah. So, um, Stuart tries to you know, um, you know, mollify the whole si- situation by. You know, how they, hey, we're going to see the weekend. Yeah. De- well, Devin and Roald are having none of it because it's a mm-hmm. Tuesday. <laughs> and they're they're convinced that this is just ludicrous. Um, yeah, they don't like Stuart and Katie together. They, yeah. They really don't. And I don't know if it's... I, it's I imagine because they're kind of like high schoolers that they're just jealous that their best friend has a girlfriend. Um, it could also be that they don't like Katie, but it's... I don't think they would like anyone who he brought yeah, back to his mom's I, basement. Yeah. They're jealous. They yeah. they want to spend time with him and he has this, you know, fancy little girlfriend. Yeah. And they don't appreciate that. No, I assume that's that's yeah. the the bulk of it for sure. And and possibly just that they're afraid that maybe, you know, that other things will pull him away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and and you know, to be clear, like you know, his his step away with the rave was inspired by Katie. That's true. And so they could see her as being yeah. a, a negative influence yeah. from their perspective on yeah. on what they you know, what they appreciate about about um Yeah, their fear Stuart, is not unfounded. Right? Yeah. So uh this whole little repartee back and forth <laughs> is all, you know, predicated on the misrecognition of the the weekend being mm-hmm. an artist, which we are fascinated to learn upon you know further review that we, in fact is Canadian. Yeah. Um, and I know you did more research than I did on his background and stuff, but I think it turns out that he's from uh, 
Eritrea, his family. He's, oh, yes. They were refu- yeah. oh, re- should... refugees, at least, if not just immigrants. Yeah. Um, came to Canada in, mm-hmm. in, in his youth. And just adds a little interesting wrinkle to it. I had not known, I'm barely aware of him as an artist before this. And then, and only then learned that he was, in fact, Canadian. So. Yeah, I knew that he was Canadian. Um, but I, yeah, I, but it was interesting to see him referenced because he's, He's not someone that you... His music is not music that you would associate with anyone from Letterkenny. No. Um, although, I guess, if it was going to be anybody, it would be Katie. Right. right? And, and so, he's, he's from Ontario. Yeah. He's, you know, he's from Toronto, literally. Yeah. So he's just down yeah, he's the road. From Toronto. You know, yeah. So they're, they're obviously responding to that. And he would have been presumably known there better before. His parents are Ethiopian immigrants. Ethiopian. Yes. Okay, yeah. Yes. Right. Yeah. So, sorry to get that wrong. Um, for sure. Uh so they have this little back and forth over the misrecognition of they're going to see the weekend. No, it's a, only a Tuesday. You're so silly. <laughs> and I'll leave you to view it and appreciate it in your own right. It's, it's, it's pretty darn good. And, um, and then, um, meanwhile, we, we, we failed to notice that Katie had said she'll wait in the car. She's not up for yeah, being does. part of any of this back and forth BS between these you know, nut tuggers, mm-hmm. um, for lack of a better word. Um, and then this scene <laughs> ends after all this back and forth over the context of this, <laughs> the idea of the weekend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's one of my favorite all time scenes in the show. <laughs> I, I think we're pretty good at describing this stuff, but this one defies so much it's so hard to articulate but safe to say it begins with Stuart pulling out an EpiPen yes and challenging Revan, Devin and Roll mm-hmm. um, and then stabbing Devin <laughs> in the chest with the EpiPen to which Rold inexplicably pulls out another EpiPen and stabs Stuart I don't even remember the order and but they, then they just go back and forth stabbing each, each other with these EpiPens just which are only designed for one time use but they're being stabbed multiple times in the neck in the chest in the stomach yeah it's rolled in the stomach right at one point Stuart says I hope we don't get attacked by bees <laughs> he and, says if many bees come in here we are so fucked yeah that's what he says I love that so yeah, yeah. and then they then they turn to to one of the the non-speaking skids, right, yeah. says, "Don't open that bag of <laughs> peanut M and M's." Okay, so it's just so what I love about this is, is a yeah. how ludicrous it is. Mm-hmm. B. So we've had um, we've had some Shakespeare references, right? That, that's mm-hmm. a bit Shakespearean, uh, right? Yeah. And then we so we have a like. Mm, I don't know, is it, it's a sword fight, but with EpiPens, right? This is a very Shakespearean sword fight um, where while it's happening, um, oh, sorry. <laughs> while it's happening, you're seeing, um, you know, they're, ha- they're having this dialogue throughout. Yeah. Um, and, but the other thing is that it also shows that, like, there's such, like, physically weak humans because they all have EpiPens. They're all allergic to bees and peanuts. <laughs> it's so funny. And they end up, end up collapsing into an ephedrine OD, and they... <laughs> Uh, it's so ludicrous. But hello, okay, and you're the Shakespearean scholar amongst yeah. us, so I think we've cracked the code. Yeah. Alliteration. 
yeah. Shakespearean yeah. references, Shakespeare and, and doing something behind the back of the king, so yeah. to speak. Mm-hmm. Now you've got this of, of uh, you know, because I remember in, in high school, we did the, we did the, what, 10 minute Hamlet. Yeah. I was Hamlet in the 10 minute Hamlet. And then we learned in the course of doing that, that there was like the 10 second Hamlet, which is basically <laughs> the three main characters just stabbing each other. <laughs> So this is like the this is like a yeah. rendition of the ten minute ten yeah, second Hamlet. Really yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's some they're playing they're riffing. Yeah, my, I, clearly it seems to me now at this point they're riffing you, on some sort of yeah. Shakespearean theme. I'm glad yeah. you mentioned that about the alliteration because the first time I saw it, I thought that it was so Shakespearean, mm-hmm. and I I didn't want to sound too English nerdy by pointing that out. Uh, so thank you for pointing you that know out. What? Yeah, you know, a leopard can't change <laughs> what is it any um, of her spots. Right, no. and you do you are prone to wear leopard. Mm-hmm. And I do. Shakespeare. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shakespearean can't change its leopard spots. What? Mm-hmm. There's something there. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not sure how. It no, works. you got it. Yep. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, that just leaves you wondering, just mm-hmm. pondering as they collapse into a heap, one on top of each other, with uh, <laughs> with epipens sticking out. And mm-hmm. So that's scene six, 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 seven, scene seven. Back to the ag hall. Yeah. Um, McMurray acknowledges. Jimmy Dickskin. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Dickens. Yeah, yeah. The tall drink of water <laughs> auctioneer guy because he wants to speak now at the next meeting of the mm-hmm. Ag Hall. Mm-hmm. And um, they keep referring him and his wife, McMurray's and his wife, to this guy as Dickskin. And he keeps saying it's Dickens. And they keep saying, that's what I said, Dickskin. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Blatant disregard. <laughs> Which is great. And, yeah. So he then proposes that... Um, Wayne assumed the responsibility yeah. of Ag Hall director, um, puts it forward and orchestrates through his auctioneering yes. a vote yes. that meets with almost unanimity, except for McMurray and his wife. Right. Everybody okay. votes in favor of of uh, Wayne assuming the responsibility of Ag Hall director, yes. which he then says, is there any business? Nope. Okay, back to Chorin. Back to Chorin. So that ends that whole mm-hmm. scene a bit. And right there, classic Shakespearean usurpation mm-hmm. of... Uh, yeah. Of, yeah. Um, I have just discovered that uh, the actor who plays Jimmy Dickskin, I mean Dickens, mm. six foot nine. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I. It, it, yeah. Under, so it's funny him, that they, yeah, boy. that they they make it a mm-hmm. thing because he clearly is just a really tall guy. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He is. All right. Um, and a fun character. Yeah. yeah. Um, scene eight sends us back to the hockey arena. <laughs> oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is this is. Riley and Jonesy trying to break the ice, trying to fit in right, with their just, new comrades. They want to be bros. Yeah, and they're but they're just such nutsacks. They're just so young and dumb and mm-hmm. stupid, um, and they just can't do it. They they propose that hey, you guys want to go out and, and get some snipes, go sniping. <laughs> yeah. Meaning you know, um, scare up some women. Yeah, after that's the, a great way to After it. practice, yeah. yeah. Um, the 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 rest of the team responds in what becomes a chorus. Yeah, for lack of another Shakespeare term. Um, oh no, they, shit! Cheers. Sorry, <laughs> we're just cheersing to yep, that. Yeah, because yeah. that's what's happening. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it's these um, each of the main figures then responding in turn in ways that become standardized mm-hmm. throughout subsequent yeah. subsequent episodes um and we learn all their names in and in, in turn um 
and the upshot is basically that yeah, they just keep throwing everything that Riley and Jonesy. Right. They don't. Back they in want their face. nothing to do with yeah, what Riley and Josie right. want to do. They're which, grown men. Yeah. They have wives. They love their wives, apparently. Then Riley and Jonesy say, well, maybe we can go out and crush some sandos. <laughs> get, meaning get, get some sandwiches. Right? But no, they're gluten-free. <laughs> they're all of them are gluten-free. <laughs> right? right uh, so they're married. They're yeah. gluten-free. Right. They don't, they don't want to have anything to no, do with they their just, they boy shenanigans. Yeah. 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 So... The writing's on the wall. These guys are on, you know, on on the outside of that whole thing, at least in the short term, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, scene nine takes us um, back to Stuart's mom's basement, mm-hmm. where Stuart returns after the con <coughs> concert, and confronts Devin enrolled at all the rest of these unspeaking skids, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they basically tell him. Stuart, that is, that he's out. Yeah. Um, Poor Stuart. Yeah. And, yep, they have a little, another little confrontation with the EpiPens that doesn't come to violence this time. It's just a threat threat. of EpiPen violence. Right. (laughs) Devolves into snarling with dog barking. Growling. Right. But that's the thing they do. They do, like, the growling thing. Yeah, yeah. And they tell each other, like, stay. Yeah. Right? Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, a little subdom dog that's what Subtext, that is. Yeah, You're yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. <laughs> the, the funniest part, though, of that whole scene, which it's, 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 somebody's, we're not, I, I, I think you're doing a good job, and I'm not doing a good job of selling these scenes. There, uh, the, the comedic effect is is pretty profound. <laughs> this one ends with Roald just retching because he's so upset over the confrontation. Yes. And one of the one of the unspeaking skids is actually puking at the end. Yeah. It's, and it's just so low stakes. It's so silly. <laughs> and to see them uh, you know, hyperventilating and acting this way, it it, it does. It, it it's good comedic effect. It definitely mind, is. Right. Yeah. yeah. So we go back to the locker room. Oh, boy. Yeah. (laughs) So bad. Again, on the quest, Riley and Josie's quest to get, you know, accepted or Mm -hmm. at least acknowledged by these guys. And they're like, oh, well, we could do games, you know, games. (laughs) Oh, I'm not even going to explain what they come up with a game. It's so ludicrous. and, And so just the absolute, yes, silly, stupid, but just also just the grossest version of male culture so gross. Yeah. yeah no it's bad right. it's really bad it's like yeah. um if it wasn't it's called dinkerball all... yeah you, 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 yeah <laughs> you'll figure it out it's not like we, we don't have to no we don't need to get into yeah. it yeah yeah so they try nobody buys on dinkerball but then they then the older guys the the rest of the team are like well, we'll we want to play a game we'll play a game how about we play duck duck goose so the boys sit down they um, buy in for some dumb reason because right. again because they're, they're silly and yeah. dumb and yeah. and they close their eyes and they do the duck, duck, duck goose and when they get tapped of course they turn around and all there is butts in their face and which <laughs> that fart in their face immediately yeah. yeah yeah and so they immediately just remain seated <laughs> and sad they're so hurt they're so and sad. so upset yeah. because yeah they wanted to be friends with these guys they tried right but they're they're not you know not being accepted into the cool kids right and they're such nut because they're such nutsacks they couldn't accept they could <laughs> they're such and nuts. and these kind of you know Again, it's totally understandable people wanting to be accepted as soon as they possibly can. Mm-hmm. But, you know, these types of homosocial environments, mm-hmm. especially the male ones that I'm familiar with, like, yeah. they they only begrudgingly let you in. And especially when it's sports related, yeah. it's about performance, you know, so right? often it's not. And, and if you can form and act and, and 
meet yeah. the standards, then you get accepted mm -hmm. to try to bust your way in or blush your way in or push your way in. It, it invariably meets with nothing but, but disdain and, yeah. and pushback. And, yeah. and that's exactly what you see them experiencing. And, and to quite a comedic effect, obviously, yeah. as well. Yeah, they just have no idea how, like, social groups work. Right, and, yeah. Yeah. Which is kind of surprising because they've been part of the hockey world. But this is the next level up. Yeah, right? exactly. Maybe, they've had to level yeah, up. And, yeah. and they're not... They were the big dogs. Yeah. And now they're the wee little puppies. Yeah. No, and no. Nobody wants to play with them. No, exactly. They're the yeah. sad little sad puppies. Mm -hmm. We've got a sad little puppy around here probably too. Sleepy little puppy. Yeah, by himself. Yep. Mm -hmm. Right? Yep. He's, he'll probably be all right. Um, we've only got one more scene left because um, this takes us... Uh, Back to the produce stand, where we've got the whole Hick crew, Wayne, mm -hmm. Derry, Katie, and Squirrely Dan. <laughs> um, and Stuart comes uh, driving up, since he's been kicked out his by his kids. Yep. Mm -hmm. And he's, you know, looking to uh, looking for some help. Mm -hmm. um, initially, Wayne especially is very resistant. Hard yeah. no. Hard no. To the idea that, that uh, Stuart could stay at on the farm but katie you know points out that you help people in mm -hmm. need if someone yeah. asks for help you help them well oh, so but she puts very strict parameters on it <laughs> you, you got two days 48 <laughs> hours literally <laughs> to which uh Stuart agrees mm -hmm. with his one of one of his catchphrases well, initially he's she says yes and he's excited so he says wondrous uh -huh. and then she says a few days he says favorable yeah. and then she says 48 hours satisfactory yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> you see the progression yeah his yeah. little his yeah. little hopes are dashed yeah <laughs> yep and the whole episode ends then at the produce stand with uh mini vin diesel yeah i don't i've heard vin diesel's not that tall of a man anyway so this guy might be mm, okay but the guy that we all mistook for vin diesel who was the guy who uh, sucker punched wayne at the end of season one mm -hmm. he comes back to the farm for a rematch and there's a bit of back and forth because uh, Wayne and Derry and Squirrely Dan are like, no, you don't get a rematch. You got you sucker punched him and, and then you got beaten. Yeah. But uh, Minnie Vin Diesel, who I think you learned his actual character's name is Tyler. Yes. Tyson. Tyson. Yeah. There it is. Uh, he convinces them that, oh, we can just shake and put that Do behind us and then we'll... Yeah, we'll clear the air. We'll get a, a rubber match, so mm -hmm. to speak. And so, uh, Wayne was always agreeing, essentially agreeing to it. He wasn't. He mm -hmm. was. He was just giving him the business. And so he takes his his uh, shot of Gus and Brew, and uh, unbuckles, unbuttons his cuffs, uh, takes a hit off his dart, and and shakes hands with Tyson and. And immediately, immediately gives him a headbutt. Oh. Just knocks him. It knocks him right out. Fuck out. Yeah. You know? To which he says. You're 10 ply. You're 10 ply, bud. <laughs> which is another term that continues to re re reverberate through the rest of the episodes, right? <laughs> 10 ply meaning you're just, you're made out of tissue paper. And lots of tissue paper. So you're mm. super soft. Yeah, you're super soft. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's the last scene, last word we hear on mm -hmm. episode one of season two mm -hmm. of Letter Kenny. So. Yeah. Um, mm. So, Christy, what's the takeaway? What'd you learn this episode? Well, I don't know if it's a takeaway or a learn. I guess it's one of those. But one of the things that I really liked as 
being introduced to the, I'm going to call them the hockey chorus from now on, mm-hmm. being mm-hmm. introduced to the hockey chorus boys, um, their pattern of speaking and the way they go one after the other, um, I absolutely love just the rhythm of that. Yep. So the da-da-da-da-da, you little bitch, mm-hmm. Yorkie, da-da-da-da-da, fuck, Schultzy, da-da-da-da, you pussy, boom, oh no, wait, pussy, and then he goes, Fisky. Fisky usually gives a list, and then mm-hmm. Boomtown, and Boomtown tends to repeat the thing from the round before. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I love, I love my wife like I love winning, like whatever mm. whatever the thing was they were talking about before. Yeah. So I, um, I guess what I learned is that this uh, the the patterns that you see in the different speech and interactions between characters that that they do that throughout the show. Every mm-hmm. group mm-hmm. seems to have something that is repeated, mm-hmm. some type of um, yeah. rhythm, I keep saying that, but some type of rhythm, a verbal rhythm that occurs with their group. Yeah, no, true, yeah. true. Yeah, there's, uh, the only word that occurs to me that is mantras. Like mm-hmm. Every group has, every group, and almost yeah. every character has a mantra of sorts. Yeah. Some it's not exactly their own their tagline or anything, but Mm-mm. it's not that mundane because it doesn't occur. Some of them don't occur that regularly. Yeah, but, this is the yeah. most. Um, yeah, yeah. Since you mentioned those guys, those yeah. the, the hockey chorus, and that's a good way yeah. Jenny to re- refer to. <laughs> they uh, they also stand out to my mind because mm. uh, their ethnic diversity. Yes. Right. I mean, many of us, myself included, especially until I started becoming a fan of Canada in the last 10 or 15 years, you know, probably would have thought of Canada as being um, a very um, undiverse yeah, world. Yeah, just and a I think pretty it, white place. Right, yeah. and what you, you see in, represented in, in this show and other mm-hmm. versions of Canada mm-hmm. that I've experienced, mm-hmm. you know, 192, another good example, yeah. is there's a high degree of diversity um, Native Americans, obviously, a mm-hmm. high high degree of them in in all parts of Canada, mm-hmm. but also you know, especially with you know, the connections of, of um, Canada with the Commonwealth. Yeah. So you had a lot of immigration from right. Caribbean nations mm-hmm. there. So you have high a high percentage of Caribbean mm-hmm. um, Canadians, um, South Asians mm-hmm. have been uh, well represented throughout Canada. Yeah. Um, and, and increasingly, you know, um, people from like Hong Kong, with mm-hmm. the, when they transferred from China to, or from yeah. from Britain to China, yeah. a lot of um, Hong Kongese went into, um, mm-hmm. I think particularly in places like Toronto, Toronto. and Vancouver, yeah. Yeah. were the epicenters of a lot of their immigration. But I think it also spread further beyond that. Um, so, you know, even in this small town, having representations mm-hmm. of you know, non-white Canadians yeah. was, is, is, you know, interesting and important, I think, to, yeah. to see, you know. Yeah. Um, so I appreciated that. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, what is it, three out of the five yeah, yeah. hockey players are men of color. Yeah, Which yeah. is, yeah. I mean, you don't see a lot of hockey players of color. Um, I mean, okay, as an American who watches NHL, you don't see a lot. A lot right, at the highest echelons, you yeah. do. They, they, they're no, they're noticeable in their absence, would. right? Yeah. yeah. No, exactly. I presume that they, that they, you know, are a much much higher representation in the in other echelons. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 
um, of the of the hockey game, so to which speak. we should make clear, we I'm sure that that is about systemic racism, and that's why the men of color are not making it all the way to the top uh, league. I know it's not about ability. Yeah. So yeah. Right. Yeah, and they do stand out. You know, we we talked recently about you know the fact that there's w- only one fellow of color, person of color on the, the, the Pittsburgh Penguins. Penguins. Yeah, yeah, which I believe is the first. Might be the first one. I it's think certainly the first the guy since... ever who's not white. Or the first guy ever who's black. We will look that up. Yeah. Yeah. In my in, in my limited time in Pittsburgh, you know, thirteen years or whatever, that's the first one I've noticed that yeah. had any any sort of you know diversity mm-hmm. rep- representing any diverse group other than whiteness. Um, I'm sure people come back at us and say, "Well, I'm representing Croatians, Croatian Americans. I'm diverse." Sure. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Fair point. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Other things to take away from this, I I gotta return to that whole, that whole back and forth, and then the first scene, yeah, when they're yeah. giving Stuart the business. We I know we we've said, and I I agree with you one hundred percent that Stuart is this curious figure that you don't you don't want to see a lot heaped upon him, mm-hmm. but he also invites some of it on he himself, does. and when he does, you you just you can't help but revel in it a little bit, and it's it's just so. Damn good, whole <laughs> idea. See the muscle shirt came today. Muscles coming tomorrow. You get a tracking number. Hope you get a tracking number. Just goddamn. I want to have an opportunity. Oh, I want to. I want to have an opportunity to use that. There will probably never be such an idiosyncratic moment that I'll ever have in my lifetime to do something like that. But if it does, oh, it's so brilliant. Um. Other takeaways, I guess, from my perspective, uh, is just that notice that, yeah, that there's some, some vague attempt at least at uh, some Shakespearean aspirations. In this. Yeah, there was, there was uh, something, yeah. Um, yeah, maybe it, you know. Maybe I don't know, it maybe it's just a, you know, a bit of a, a nod to, to the bard, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, Why not? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He seemed like he had something. I don't know. I yeah, mean, I think he was a man people, of like decent talent. People talk him up, and yeah. I'm like, okay, sure. Yeah, all you right, know, Shakespeare, you know, right? sure, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Shakespeare, Shakespeare, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right, so is that our analysis? I, of yeah, this episode? such as it is, if you want to use that word, that seems like a little robust. But yeah, sure. Uh, okay, well. Um, up next will be season two, episode two. All right, back with Season 2, Episode 2. The Election. Right. Mm-hmm. So last episode, it was uh, Dick Skin has convinced Wayne that he should run for president. And we know that that was upsetting to McMurray. And so now uh, we're going to have the actual election. Mm-hmm. So... So our episode starts with Wayne sitting in the chair, holding... Inexplicably with his dog. <laughs> Not a small dog, either. No, right that now. big boxer that he holds on his lap in the kitchen. Yeah, gotta be 40 or 50 pounds <laughs> at least. Mm-hmm. Monstrous dog, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, he alludes to the fact he was having a couple beers in the, with his buds in the barn the other day. The other day. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, and so we we cut to the actual barn where we see Daryl, Squirrely Dan, and Wayne. And um, 
they are trying to convince him that he needs to sort of like create this social media presence mm-hmm. if he wants to run for president and actually get elected. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a lot of back and forth about this because Dan and I'm sorry, Daryl and Squirrely Dan are you know there's no sense in doing it charitables if no one sees you doing it charitables. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, Wayne thinks that they're silly and that mm-hmm. you do the thing to do the thing, not mm-hmm. because, not to show the people that you've done the Not thing. to snap a chat or tweet a tweet. Yes, that's what he says. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like that he, he says a line, I think you have had too much sugar cereal. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and they also utter the inimitable phrase, figure it out. One Many fir- times. Oh, yes. One mm-hmm. of the first examples, but yeah, of an oft-repeated phrase mm-hmm. figured out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh... All right. So next we go to scene one or the hockey rink. Mm-hmm. Very short little scene, but what we see is that hockey boys, Jonesy and Riley, are chirping. Mm-hmm. They are chirping hard at this guy on another team. And the hockey men, the hockey chorus mm-hmm. gives them a hard no mm-hmm. they haven't earned the right to be chirping as much probably should have just been doing leg day mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and we also get to see the coach <laughs> give them a similar business <laughs> so speaking of inexplicably he's just sitting right in the rink he's wearing his shamrocks jersey so, uh, coat so it's not yeah. like he's moved up he's not part of the, the Irish. Irish. No. No. He's... he's just there to talk shit at them for talking shit. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> and we also get to hear... Your favorite. Shorzy once mm-hmm. again. Yeah. <laughs> Give your balls a tug. <laughs> yeah, indeed. And yeah. I like that scene because um, they're like, you know, hockey bros are in a different team now. We have a different setting, but don't worry. We're still going to see Coach. We're still going to hear Shorzy. Yeah. I like that. Right. It's, yeah. Uh, Continuity is being yeah. established. And yet right? it makes yeah. no sense that they would be there. So. Not directly. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I guess it's a small town, and those guys are probably uh, at a lot of the hockey events. Yeah, probably. Right. That's true. Yeah. yeah. All right. So then we're at the Ag Hall, and... Right. Um, McMurray is really upset because he, well, according to Mrs. McMurray, he's had the piss ass all week. The pizzazz. The pizzazz. <laughs> and he's making some weak cocksucking gin and tonics. Uh, Mrs. McMurray has this really odd verbal tick of calling things cocksucking. Bordering on Tourette's, Tourette's-esque, I guess. I yeah. Wanna, don't want to belittle the right, affliction. Have, exactly, but, uh, yeah. You know, yeah. It's, it's a really strange, I've never heard anybody use cocksucking in that way. Uh, like, goddamn or motherfucker. Yeah. Um, it's, it's almost a tick. Yeah, it's very strange. Um, yeah. So, we, it's time for the auctioneer to, well, Dickens. He's he's got to run his little you know do you motion for da 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 um to actually say there's going to be an election in a week between McMurray and Wayne. Right. Yeah. You gonna add something there? You look like you need to. Okay. <laughs> um, this is where we get so we've gotten some hints 
about McMurray and his wife having this like like overtly sexual relationship. Oh, but yeah. we see them like humping in the air sort of thing, slapping each other's asses. It's a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know. They're just, yeah, just very openly sexual beings. Yeah, um, they really are. Right? I, sh- I should not judge them. That is the puritanical... Although they don't look the type. They, uh, they're they very, um, yeah, conservative um, country folk. Yeah. On the surface, at least. Who are not that. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. So also get a reference in this scene to worm pickers. Mm, right. And uh, happened to have the opportunity to look that up. So <laughs> what did you think that means? What do you think they're referring to there? Well, I looked it up before. And if we have the same answer, um, what I discovered is it's actually people who come pick worms on your property. Yeah, it's apparently that's the same answer I got. Whether that's legitimate, I'm not sure, because I've never heard any reference to this in all my time living in rural America. Yeah. But uh, be that as it may, taking it on its face value, that's, that's exactly what it is. Apparently there's people that go around actually... Stealing worms. worms. Like, right. do you own the worms that are in uh, your grass? Yeah. I don't like. Right, but it's, it's for it's to sell its bait. Right, that's yeah. the purpose, right? Yeah, Which so they're is, making yeah. money off yeah, of yeah. something that's on your land. But so. they refer to it so often as to yeah. make it seem like it's a considerable issue amongst people in yeah. Canadian farm country. So, or it could be just them, you know, pulling our legs, picking some weird thing and and rolling with it. Yeah, right. I wouldn't put it above them. No, um, me either. Beyond them, but either way, uh, yeah, that stood out to me. That's referenced in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, in the course of this event. So, the, yeah. Yeah, the first time they mention that is actually in the very first episode because mm-hmm. she says, what did you do? Katie says to Wayne, what did you do when the worm pickers were coming on our property? Right. To motivate him to go yeah. beat up yep. Angie's new boyfriend. No, they established yeah. it from the jump. Yeah, yeah. Right. So. so it's a it's a thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. All right, so our next scene, we are outside the dollar store, and the skids... Minus Stuart, right? Because he has been kicked out. Yeah, just the four of them. So just the four of them: four Devin, and yeah. Roald, and the the two non-talkers. Yeah. Um, they're in their matching outfits, doing their dancing to the texture. Have we ever music. described their outfits? Oh no, we have not. Good opportunity okay. is any, I guess. Well, so we've got some black overalls mm-hmm. with denim overalls. Yeah, right? denim. Yeah, black yeah. denim for sure. Um, with white. Uh, wife beaters under them, right? Mm-hmm. I probably shouldn't call them wife beaters anymore. That feels like a very 90s term that I haven't updated. Um, but so white men's sleeveless undershirts. Yes. Um, right. And Devin's got a bowler hat. Yeah. They yeah. often have a variety of hats. Bowler yeah. hats appear a lot. Um, yeah. Various colors in their hair. Lots right. of jewelry. Mm-hmm. Rolled almost always has his nails painted. Mm-hmm. Um, Stuart usually does too, I think. Yeah, he's usually got at least yeah. a black mat. Yeah, um, yeah. Oh, and speaking of which, we came across Devin <gasps> elsewhere, did we not? Yes, we did. 192 update. Mm-hmm. We saw Devin. <laughs> <laughs> so, in season three, he appears as a new mm-hmm. A newbie. A rookie. Yeah, a, new, a rookie. Yeah, rookie uh-huh. And um, now I'm just looking over 
for looking for a little more crossover action with the mm. the other main lead character in 19-2. I really would like to see him in Letterkenny land. Yeah. Yeah, that's but, well gone through nine seasons already. There's but two more for sure slated. So yeah, I mean, what if he comes in? Who knows? Yeah. Could be. Yeah, yeah. It's not like they they there's plenty of crossover. Obviously. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so we're in front of the dollar store. Yep, and so skids are outside dancing, doing their thing, and Bonnie McMurray is also outside. Mm-hmm. Katie it, wants to know why, and it's because the skids have crop dusted. You're familiar with that term, I assume. Oh, yes. Okay. Do you think we need to explain it no, to anybody? No, I think okay. that's pretty much... Yeah. All of us went to junior high. Mm, yes, we did. I didn't know if it, was a ju- if it was a rural thing, or if you guys understood what crop dust Yes, yeah, suburbanites. We know what that means, too. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, Katie and Devin have this this verbal jousting of their own. Tete-a-tete. Yes. Oh, that's a good way to put it. Um... They hate each other so much. It's hardly obvious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hardly obvious. They hate each other. It's hardly obvious. <laughs> My favorite parts about their little back and forth is that uh, Rold tries to jump in as like a hype man, but he really just ends up being more like an excitable puppy. Yeah. And yeah. and Devin gets, just gets mad at him. Rold, stop it, Rold. <laughs> Because at think, one point, Katie's like, oh, what are you guys going to do tonight? You're going to steal a bunch of bicycles and ghost ride them into the, into into the, the river? river? And Roll's response is, how did she know? <laughs> <laughs> Which is it's so brilliant. I think that's the scene where I, like, my heart sort of melts for Rold because he's just so sweet and cute. <laughs> yeah, yeah he's, he's the lovable method. He's the lovable method, yeah. 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 So that's one of my favorite parts about the, the back and forth. Mm-hmm. My other favorite is that uh, Katie actually wins mm. that round Emph- with Devin. Emphatically. Yes. yes. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's a little like, you know, they're ba 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 But at the end, she pulls him in. Um, he thinks she... He, he thinks that she's asking him a serious question, that she cares about the answer. And right. she hits him with... Never mind. I don't give a fuck. That's right. Just kidding. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, so that's our little dollar store. You know, yep. we, we meet Bonnie McMurray again. We see that she wears the same type of clothing as Katie. So we can kind of put her in the same sort of box. I mean, they're similar in age. Mm-hmm. So there's, mm-hmm. an, you know, an alignment there. Um, and so Katie goes in and then McMurray shows up with his wife Asking the skids to make an election video. Right. For his candidacy for the Ag president. Right. Based upon the fact that Devin created Fartbook, which <laughs> right. is not entirely true. No. He was not the sole creator, no, which is what he says. But he claims so. Mm-hmm. And, yep. But mm-hmm. nevertheless, they, despite the dramatic miscommunication between the two groups, the Hicks and the Skids, mm-hmm. um, they uh, nevertheless agree upon a plan. Of an election video. Yep. Yeah. So, from there. So then we head over to the farm, and Stuart has heard that uh, that the skids are going to make the video for McMurray. And um, so he wants to convince Wayne to let him make a video. Because he wants to beat the mm-hmm. what the view count. and all. He just wants to be better than Devin. Right. right? Yeah. Yeah. That's really all we see there. They have an awkward exchange. That's that. Yeah. Concluding with your spare parts, bud. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we head back over to the ag hall for scene five. 
and um, Devin is going to shoot his election video. He has gathered a ridiculously diverse crew for the video. Yeah. Um, wants them to act like stereotypes. Asks the guy, well, he's referring to them as the Asian, the Indian. Uh, he talks about the gay vote, the whites. <laughs> so yeah. he's got them in their little demographic boxes. And he wants them to act just super stereotypical. Um, which is uncomfortable and humorous because it's stupid and you shouldn't do that. Um, this is, I think, the first time where we hear them reference the wrong year, right? Yeah. <laughs> which becomes yeah. oddly a running joke. Right. <laughs> yeah. In, in, inexplicably. Yeah. They say, yeah, because in reference to the fact that the Ag Hall doesn't have a lot of diversity on it, Mm -hmm. Devin responds it should because it's 2015 to which everybody else goes no it's not (laughs) it's 2016 (laughs) and that repeats itself time and time again throughout the rest of the series for reasons that we've yet to ascertain yeah I don't understand why yet yeah Um, but 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 I like it it's funny and weird it's fun yeah so uh, best part of that scene is well Gail is there yeah I love me some Gail and then Glenn shows up yep. because Rold was responsible for getting the gay vote. <laughs> but Rold is too shy to be on camera. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, of course, then that means that Glenn is going to come in and represent the gay vote. Um, he's wearing the tiniest of shorts with like the like Mormon attire for like the um, Mormon missionary attire, right? Like the short sleeve, white button down with the tie, right? And then tiny little bike shorts. Um, Sucking a popsicle. Um, And tell, you know, explains how the bike chain just fell off, but I got myself a popsicle. (laughs) And I, I did notice that he starts to pull at his shorts because he's talking about how hot it is. And Devin says, modesty. And he, and he leaves his shorts on. <laughs> oh, Glenn. Oh, Glenn. Yeah. Um, and Glenn and Gail are the only two in that scene. To, well, they both say the phrase, where's my money, bitch? <laughs> <laughs> because they shouldn't be making an anti-Wayne video. But I think they don't really care because it's just alcohol presidency. Yeah. And Slow stakes. Right. They're going right. to make $20. Right. So, yeah, or whatever it is. All right, so next up, scene six, we're back at the farm, and Devin is going to shoot his video. Devin or Stuart. Wow, Stuart. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, Stuart is going to film his video. And I said farm, but I meant their farmhouse. Yeah. Um, so he's... No, hold on. Pause. Wrong scene. No? Scene six, we are filming Devin's video. Yes, right. And this is at in some sort of hall. Yeah, they're in the ag hall still. I don't know why. Yeah, okay. So uh, what's interesting here is that we picked this up the second time we watched it through, is that the characters that they're playing, right, mm-hmm. all the diverse crew, the characters that they're playing, are using the Hicks lines. So they say, hard no, letter Kenny problems, pitter-patter, how are you now? And he doesn't wear a belt. Um, and so they, it, it's, that's an interesting way that like 
that the hicks are being made fun of, which I think is really just from a, a, a writing and producing standpoint, yeah. and I think that's really clever. Yeah, it's yeah. well done. Yeah. Right. And uh, Gail and Glenn still make their sexual comments, so that's good. Right. Yeah, because where would we be without them? No. Yeah. Yeah. Lost. Yes. Right. Yeah. Sure. Yes. <laughs> All right. So now we're in front of Wayne and Katie's house, and Stuart is going to make his video. Yes. So we've got, they've lined up, he's attempted to line up a crew of people that he believes he can make a positive video for Wayne for, from, but I mean, that requires good directing and sadly, Stuart's not good at this. Um, so we've got Riley and Jonesy, Katie, Daryl, Squirrely Dan, and Wayne. Mm-hmm. And that's all Stuart could, you know, summon for his video. Um, Katie is mad that Riley and Jonesy are there because she's done with them. And, uh, well, she's not mad, but she's like, you know, why are they here? Um, and (laughs) we get this fun little back and forth with them because she is, she's like, you know, why are they here? And they said, well, yeah, you cheated on us. You stepped out, bro. And they keep calling her bro, which is weird. Um, she says, well, you were getting blowies from your big city slams. And then who blew the whistle in the blowies, bro? (laughs) But she catches them in their own, in their own, um, own lie by, you know, claiming to know that they were stepping, Mm -hmm. that they had been doing that and they give themselves away. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, they're exposed on that, foisted on their own petard, as they say. <laughs> Do they say that? Uh, probably not in Larry King. <laughs> probably not. <laughs> no, they they said it somewhere. Yeah, it's been Sometimes, said. Sometimes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they do say that's gutty, bro. Mm-hmm. Which you and I talked about. Does that like is that uh you've gutted me? Right. With your. Yeah, I'm still not sure about that. Or that was a gutsy comment, or I, I'm not sure. I don't know. Yep. We can start using it though. Right. Um, and then that's where we hear a second. Stuart says because it's 2015, and they say, it's not. It's 2016. (laughs) So I think. Well, my favorite part of this scene is, uh, so Stuart's trying to go down the line and have everybody say something, supposedly good about Wayne. Um, and Katie's response, because she has no desire to be there, doesn't care about this at all, is to just pick up her shirt, just show one boob, and say, girl's gone wild. It's not even a bear boob. It's no, just, it's a yeah, broad it's, it's a broad boob. boob. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the best part of that is, is you, you see that all the boys, <laughs> ex- obviously excluding Wayne, yes. visibly staggered by it squirty dan just watch his knees buckle it's it's great physical comedy he's he's clearly taken aback yes because we know that he right he is uh a little he's a bit of a crush on katie no we've already established yeah yeah yeah, that's that's been established um there's a a lot of wordplay about actors and right. actors who or are named Mike should go by something else. And, and a lot of actors who who were, went by Richard changed their name to Dick. How strange right. that would be. Right. Dick Gear, Dick Dreyfus. Uh-huh. And, and Dick Pryor. And then Wayne says, 
Yeah, yeah I feel like Richard Simmons probably prefers dick. <laughs> and I could laugh at that joke because I feel that Richard Simmons would also laugh at that joke. Yeah. <laughs> so clearly this video is not going well. Stuart throws the camera. Yeah, so done. we know this is not gonna, this is not gonna be a successful video. Mm -hmm. um, next scene, we're back at the Ag Hall and auctioneer Dickens, he is, uh, he is going to, you know, commence the vote. And remember, he's the guy that put Wayne up to this. So you would expect that he would be on Wayne's side, but he's not. Yeah. So he runs the vote full auctioneer style and Wayne loses. Right. Which is a little unexpected because you expect Wayne to always win everything. Mm -hmm. um, but he's not going to be ad call president. Nope. He's, he's not. Six to three. Yeah. Yep. Um, it's just his boys voting for him. Yeah, mm. but I and I like the way he handles it though, because he doesn't. I mean, it's Wayne. He's mm. a you know man of character. He's not gonna be all upset that he lost the Ag Hall presidency. No, he gonna, shakes hands. Not gonna be begrudge it. Yeah. Unfortunately, what he didn't know, and Dickens points out to him, was Stewart had published a video on his behalf. Yes. One that was well, just a little off color. Oh, it was. Awkward and mm -hmm. terrible. Yeah. Um, so a little backstory. So yeah, McMurray's video, which we also see after it gets made, is, mm -hmm. is actually pretty benign when you think about it. Pretty mm -hmm. by, especially by comparison to what Stewart puts together on Wayne's behalf, unbeknownst to Wayne, you might add. Right. Right. So McMurray's video put together by Devin basically just revolves around them going around the table with all the cast of characters, different ethnic groups represented. Basically saying that Wayne isn't ready. Yeah, Wayne he's is just has, not ready. Doesn't have the, has no experience of being ag hall president, and and in retrospect, then the message is like I say, pretty level headed and yeah. not not antagonistic. No, just saying that, and so that's the extent of McMurray's video. But then we see the video that Stewart puts together for Ooh. Wayne, and it's um, a lot more inflammatory. I would argue. Yes, and I'm really put off by the. Oh, the like super sexual nature of Katie within that video, not because I'm opposed to Katie being sex super sexual, but because it's a video for her brother's presidency for the Ag Hall, and that's so weird. True, I can't look past that either. Mm. Uh, it's obviously clearly right. Stewart's fantasy, exactly. his opportunity to direct her. Yeah. So the initial part of the video is is a take on the Carl's Jr. Mm -hmm. Commercials mm -hmm. with the girl, female on the mm. on the truck eating a hamburger. Super misogynistic. Yeah, but and you Katie's know, Katie's doing that, and and that's the jumping off point, and then it goes on to simply be a litany of people saying that McMurray is a piece of shit. Yeah, <laughs> which is not really nice, and it's funny because when he asks Squirrely Dan and Daryl to say their lines, you can tell in the video they both are like, "Why would I say that? He's yeah. not a piece of shit." Right. Yeah. Um, they kind of get coerced into it. Uh-huh. It's uh, a terrible video. But but it ends with the a reference to the what's up. Yeah, the old Bud Light ads. Right, which is so there. strange because yeah. the timing of these things don't line up. And it's oh, just yeah. a, like, why are these the two things that you are referencing in your video? <laughs> a Carl's Jr. ad from the early 2000s yeah. and was what's up ad from... 
probably late 90s. Yeah, it's got to be late 90s. There yeah. are house phones in that ad. Yeah, yeah, it was the, yeah. it was the 90s for sure. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, there, that's a that's a callback to something that I'm not sure a lot of the people watching Letterkenny would actually get. That's true, because yeah. if they're younger than us, they mm-hmm. might not get that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, it's strange. So Wayne sees this video yeah. after the vote and realizes that's why he lost. Because mm-hmm. it obviously um, alienated the other, honestly, board presumably Lord, yeah, conservative vote board members of yeah. the Egg Hall. And, and, and we see them, they're all much older than even Wayne and those guys yeah. are. So yeah. they're put off by that, presumably, if they have access to YouTube, which they, who doesn't in this day and age? I guess even the old people who are board members of the Ag Hall in Letterkenny. Yeah. 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 I mean, my parents do it occasionally, so I assume, yeah. okay. you know, everybody. All right. If so. they've got YouTube, we've all, all right. got YouTube. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right. So our next scene, second to last, back at the hockey rink. Um, so Jonesy and Riley are in the, they're in the showers, and the shower's in the hockey rink. And they are concerned because they're getting so much shit thrown at them from the rest of the hockey players. I'll call them hockey men. Um, mm-hmm. And they decide they're going to push back against this, right? Um, we, right? We have to or else they're going to walk all over us. Um, and then we turn and see that Bart and Yorkie, um, two of the hockey chorus men, are also taking their showers. And... Uh, Jonesy or Riley, I'm not sure which one, um, takes this opportunity to uh, talk about their their male grooming, the their manscaping Mm -hmm. is what it's called by the kids, Um, and that turns into Bart and Jonesy just turning it back on them for being cock lookers, Um, and it's uh, it's it's a little hard to watch, but what I take from that is that. Bart and Yorkie are, they're sort of like the, the older male version of Riley and Jonesy. Like just even looking at their bodies, the way they're positioned, Uh, you've got like Bart and Yorkie are these big, like filled out muscular men and they're flexing their tip muscles. And then you look at Riley and Jonesy and they like don't even have man boobs. Like, and I mean like muscle man boobs, like they've got this little like nothing there. (laughs) Yeah, but presumably they're well groomed by comparison to the hockey men yes. who have full bushes. Full bushes, right? Is what we're told. Right, but yeah. but Riley and Jones they open themselves up to the critique of being being cockluckers, as you said. Yes, and uh, yeah, that's that's a that's you know probably not an uncommon thing in the old locker room scenario. It's been a long time since I've been party to that, but yeah, it, uh, oh yeah. But does I, I mean, cock looking a thing that happens? Uh, I can't say that I've ever been involved in that sort of discussion. Uh, pretty much a, you know, keep your eyes on your business, get in, get out of the shower as quick as possible. But it's honestly been, you know, 30 years since I was in anything like that scenario. So, um, see, I assume I would be constantly like side eyeing, looking at the guy next to me to see what he's working with. I think you pretty much know what people are working with. There isn't a lot of... The variation is not that exciting, I don't think. Hmm. All right. I mean, unless you're just particularly interested in that part of the male anatomy, that may be what this is. Which might be why I would think that I would be looking. (laughs) 
Or maybe that's why Riley and Jonesy are looking Ooh, for that matter. I think Riley that might, and Jonesy, very open. Might have been a commentary on yeah. their willingness to engage in that sort of stuff. Yeah. Which, if that's your bent, that's more more power to you. Heck yeah. But, uh, yeah. And my, my experience, too, is in the context of, you know, juvenile experiences in mm-hmm. the high school locker room. Where that's you're, true. You're not cr- grown-ass grown men. Right. And you're not there, you know... Um, Strictly of your own volition, you're just kind of in there because you have to be, whether it's after gym class or after wrestling. You know, yeah. you just want to get, kind of just want to get out of there. It's like it's a very uh, fraught environment. Yeah, I've only done a group shower once. Well, that sounds really dirty. I've mm-hmm. only been in a scenario like this once, and that was when we were in Canada at the at the hot springs. Oh. And um, mm-hmm. all of the women in there. Um, were naked taking the showers and I've never done that before and I was a woman in my late 30s and I was uncomfortable so there's that mm. <laughs> you never had to do shower after gymnasium no I don't like to shower so yeah that was you know this there was people in, in my high school that did that too but they yeah. didn't have Sterling reputations. But nobody showered at my high school after gym. Like that, like nobody did. We were required to, and I think pretty much everybody did. Those who did not. They were the Schmellies? <laughs> Interesting. Uh, yeah. Okay. I wouldn't have survived in Wyoming. We know that. <laughs> All right. Last scene of the episode. Back at the produce stand. Um,. Dickens and the two other board members roll up. Well, there's some chatter among Wayne, Daryl, right? No? No chatter? Okay. Stuart comes in first. Oh, that's right. That's right. Stuart comes in and starts bragging about how he got more views than Devin, which is Mm -hmm. his only goal by creating the salacious video. That doesn't get much out of anybody because they all, you know, think very little of Stuart, in fact. Yeah. But it... It ends up with the immortal line from Wayne to Stuart. Run along, Stuart, before I get bored of behaving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he's pretty much done with him. Yeah. I like that as a measured way to approach the fact that things could get ugly if he right. doesn't, doesn't yeah. conform. I do like that, right? right? That Wayne is fully aware of, you know, his uh, mm-hmm. options, wants to do one thing, also kind of wants to do another. Yeah, and yeah. that him, uh, him in against Stewart would not be a pretty sight. There's no. Not, oh uh, goodness, no. Uh, Wayne should never put hands on Stewart. That would not. Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. Two very different versions of masculinity. And, uh, yes. Not. Um, and only one of them is going to win in a fight. Mm-hmm. This season. Uh-huh. So. A little foreshadowing there, folks. Um, so then Dickens and two of the other board members, mm-hmm. they show up and offer to help with the chorin. Right, because throughout this episode was an un- running undertone where, and beginning with the opening scene where Wayne was making reference to the idea of if you really want to be a charitable person, you just go out and after a fresh snowstorm, you go clean somebody's walks off mm-hmm. before they ever knew it, never take credit for it. Or you'd go most of them's lawn after you got done choring in the evening. And we also, then we see him occasionally mm-hmm. unloading and unloading his mower mm-hmm. um, from the back of his truck, which you wouldn't do if you're just mowing your own backyard. Exactly. So 
the Dickens rolls up and, and thanks Wayne for mowing his lawn at one point and asks if he can help out and do anything for Wayne. So it's a nice little conclusion. Yeah. Sign that there's no hard feelings, even though it was Dickens who kind of got Wayne swept up in the whole right. let's usurp the throne and yeah. and then kind of right. walked away from it after, yeah. after the fact. But again, no hard feelings and, and Wayne's a big enough man to not to feel hard done by it. Mm-hmm. Plus, I think it was he never really wanted to be egg hall president. He was no, just kind of sh- really. shit full of Murray's um, oh, yeah. machinations. Oh, my God. Um, his machinations. Machinations. Yeah. yeah. And his, uh, yeah. So. Yeah. I. Um, all's well that ends well. Yeah. And that shows that, you know, in that intro scene, Wayne's the one saying, you don't do it for the pictures. You do it to be good. Mm-hmm. To be kind. And. Dickens and the other ad hall people who are also hicks yeah. obviously have the same belief right. and yeah. I like that yeah it's a nice little touch yeah. it ends up with pretty good feeling and yeah. and you never you don't walk away from it feeling as if anybody's particularly hard done um, right we just got to see a lot of silliness yeah um, and everything goes back to normal in the town <laughs> exactly yeah so and that's the beauty of it it's so it's the theater, it's a contest of sorts, but the stakes are so low that so as such as no one gets hurt yeah. in any profound way. Yeah. Murray might have been abused a little bit by reference to the idea he was a piece of shit, but he might not be a piece of shit, but he's he's a curious fellow. Yeah. At the very least, as we learned in subsequent episodes. Yes, we do. Yeah. And that doesn't make him a piece of shit. Some of my best friends are curious fellows. <laughs> so, um, what did you learn from this episode? Um, what some big takeaways you had? It's a good question. I, I'm hard-pressed to say there was any big ones yeah. in this episode. There, wasn't, there was no particular revelations that I can recall. There's a couple good turns of phrase, which we yeah. always appreciate. Mm-hmm. You know? Is that what you appreciate? Yeah, that's one of the things I do appreciate okay. about this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, probably, you know, you, you alluded to the... The, well, you think he's, he's had too much sugar cereal mm-hmm. is a good one mm-hmm. um, early on. Um, but yeah, beyond that, I'd say it's, you know, it, was, it was a bit of a feel-good story ultimately because nobody's, nobody gets hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, it exposes the good-hearted folks for being good-hearted and the weirdos for being weirdos and the skids for being skids. Yeah, um, I think so. You know, kind yeah. of the, the, their outcast status is further confirmed. Mm-hmm. Almost pariahs, but not completely. Mm-mm. Right? They're Mm-mm. just kind of on the margin. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And maybe that's one, you know, I think we've said as much, that's one of the things we like about it is nobody gets too dramatically alienated. So right. Even, even if Murray is, like Murray is a weirdo, he's never, <laughs> you know, he's never... You know, kicked from the fold. It's not Mm-mm. as if he's that weird. Um, the skids are odd and idiosyncratic, but they get you know they get folded in. Yeah, the they're still protected by mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. by everyone as needed. Mm-hmm. So yeah. How about yourself? Did you have any major takeaways? No, I mean I feel like this episode's pretty like boom 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 boom. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I I guess what what we learn as audience members is just a little bit more about each of the characters. Yeah. Right. So we get to see, um, we don't learn much more about Gail, but we get to, we get to see, um, a little bit more of Glenn, see that he, he is 
openly gay? I mean, if they bring him in as the gay vote, then he's openly gay. But at the beginning of this whole thing, he had a girlfriend. Yeah. So maybe that's something we should keep a better eye on. Um, but, yeah, so I like that we learn a little bit more about the characters. We see Bonnie McMurray. We see a little bit more of of Katie. Um, although, I guess, no real development from Katie. Um, no, no, I wouldn't say that anyone's arc gets pushed dramatically yeah. in any direction. It's no. One of those episodes that is, yeah, um, it's it's enjoyable, but nothing, not certainly nothing dramatic happens, right? Mm-mm, yeah. no. There isn't so. a, but yeah, overall good times. Yeah, but fun because we get to see um, how you uh, run an alcohol election and how you don't. Mm-hmm, more yeah. importantly, yeah. yeah. So. Well, I guess that brings us to the end of this here episode. So, episode four of our continuing journey through the seasons and episodes of Letter Kenny. Mm-hmm. So, I guess we'll see you back here next time. With we'll be looking at episodes three and four of season two. Yes, we will. All right. Okay. Thanks for coming. All right. Bye, y'all. Having a good night. I don't know why I said bye, y'all. Bye, guys. <laughs> Wish you weren't so awkward, there, bud. <laughs>